Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And one. Awesome. So welcome everyone again to our Fallen Hackathon uh, podcast. Uh, this is a second place team with uh, Janine and Ian. Um, yeah. Um, so Ian, you were the team leader. Uh, why don't you kind of kick us off here by talking about your background and uh, a little bit about your team? Hi. So yeah, my name is Ian Tran and I'm originally from the, the Detroit area. Um, I'm more like military connected civilian. So had, had family and also found out about the hackathon because, uh, some veterans in a incubator program that I was with had invited me to join their team. Um, two or three hack hackathons ago now. And so uh, what's interesting, I guess, for me, it was just being able to see this arc between joining a team that I had zero context about and never went into a hackathon. Last time I coded, it was HTML 4.1 was the standard, in, or I was using uh, uh, math calculators, you know, for school to program in basic. Um, and yeah, so being able to just shift to a team that... Uh, that that team got third place. The next team got uh, first. Uh, I was just lucky to stumble in and, and uh, really good good uh, skills and, and leadership from Brian Donald. Um, and also uh, then then this one, you know, got to pitch some ideas as I was originally just expecting to help out in the back end and and just join a team. But uh, you know, we we had a theme of veterans health, and that sort of was was an area that that Janine and and other team members had had convened around as well. So. That's what brings us to here. I, I guess I could say a little bit more is that I'm, I prioritized mostly like project management and UX, UI uh, dimensions during during this hackathon. But my, my background's environmental science. So, and, and music, I guess, too. Yeah. Very cool. Janine, yeah, why don't you take, a, take uh, start by talking about how you got into tech, a little bit about your background as well. Yes, hello, Janine Flora, and I got a chance to start with uh, tech as a kid, actually, and I had a military career that went longer than I had planned, and with that being said, the hackathon, I completed a software engineering program through the Vector Technology um, program as well, and this is my first hackathon, so I was very excited to be here, and also... My background is more of a software engineer closer to full stack. So uh, with the full stack, I'm more on the front end as well. And so I am just happy to have been able to be a part of a team to be able to get another feel of how it is to work with other team members. And who knew that uh, we would get to the place we did. And I am so glad as well, um, being from the Hampton Roads area here in Virginia, um, it's just been awesome to try to do something else different in life. And of course, being a veteran, uh, it's a lot of veterans that are in this area that do have voices heard and not heard. So this project was very exciting to get a chance to be a part of and to see it grow and give it a platform. So. 
Awesome. So let's dive into the hackathon. Um, you know, there were several workshops and speakers. Um, you know, Ian, you traveled like several hours just to find another machine. Um, curious, what what's like one of the biggest things that you can share from the hackathon? Oh, yeah, there's a lot to still process. I, I would say I think it's the arc of it's the human side of it, not not so much the tech. Um, in terms of one, connecting with the team and realizing that um, I, I had hackathon experience and everyone else was new to to this hackathon, um, and and just being able to watch other teams in the past and be able to transfer some of that knowledge it, that was that was a big thing in terms of just uh, one still serving a role in terms of contributing where I can with the skills I had, but also uh, that that layer of leadership that comes with sort of project management or team lead. Um, and then second, the, that that whole marathon to 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 secure a laptop that would uh, that w that wouldn't crash with frame and everything else. Like we, uh, I think it was about almost four hours of driving to to uh, Vital, one of the veterans who uh, who was also he was on the he's on the winning team as well. Right? Um, and you know it was it was kind of a picturesque, uh, very interesting um, arrival, I guess. You know, as far as being able to to connect with him in person and. Um, what, what drew us together initially was that between hackathons, he, he had seen that I, I had worked on suicide prevention and other, other work, um, in, in various communities. And so he wanted to build on that with me, but we just, we, we tried connecting, uh, you know, uh, in, in the gaps and, and there's a point where we got really close, but then both of us went through really rough stuff and, and just weren't, <laughs> weren't at capacity to, to like ask for help really. And so, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, um, I guess you know that that sort of seeded the the uh, the impetus for for trying to really make make this this project happen uh, as a team as well. Where uh, you know I'm, I'm going to have Janine share her story because she she had her own causes, which which prompted me to say, oh okay, you know I have this idea that that's also related in terms of mental health and and other ways to connect with people. Um, but Janine, do you want to take on kind of your your perspective? Sure. Uh, as we were brainstorming, it was very interesting to come about to be able to talk about those hidden wounds. Uh, I got a chance to survive two different deployments. The last one was more challenging than the first. And when you come back home, it's a little different and you get lost with words and how we've been trained to be able to do the job. And when we come back, that, that difference uh, as we still go forward, those hidden scars and wounds came about when we were doing the brainstorm of our project that we wanted to put together, which led to actually having our name of uh, Thoughtful Librarians. So we would say have a place where you go find some information, even if you're looking on purpose or not on purpose, or you may know someone who is in need and it's just still amazing to be able to have a voice for others who don't even know how to put it in, into layman terms, so to speak, if you would say that, to make it easier to try to get a person to find their comfort level of their self and just to let know you're not alone, you're not on the struggle by yourself, and there is help, and we can all make it to the next level when need, and just be of need. Very cool. So let's, uh, let's put a bookmark there. Um... You know, I transitioned out of the Marine Corps back in 2012, and 
Um, it's been a wild ride ever since, to be honest. Um, I'm curious, what's been your biggest failure when transitioning out of the military? And what did you learn from that experience? As for me, it's just linking the pieces. There are a lot, I think of, of analogy of using a puzzle. I mean, that's everything in life. There were some missing parts and you may know that it, it needs to be fulfilled. And then you're like, well, how do I find this piece or who do I contact? And my background also, Air Force being retired, it was administration. So it was making sure from point A to point B or point A to point D, make sure all of those connections are made and you would have some loopholes. And you we get to a certain point and things change. It can be frustrating to a person to try to find out, well, I'm supposed to be in this direction or I'm supposed to go on this path and you get lost, get lost in the shuffle. And it's like, well, how? Hello, I'm here. What do I say? Do you see me? And people want to be seen. Persons want to be seen. And it gets back to those uh, different levels of keeping that mental health in order. And then when it gets out of order, you're, again, you're still looking to see where, hey, hello, I'm here. And again, this hackathon was just awesome to be able to get in place. And some of the speakers, I was excited to see who spoke. It was interesting to see them um, connect from a library. I thought that was really cool. So it was like, okay, this is something that we can make happen and to be accessible. Because again, if you actually go to a library, even if it's not in person or virtual, you're going to look for that information. You're going to seek the information. And nine times out of 10, you'll find it. If not, you can ask the question and it'll lead you to where you need to. Cool. Uh, I want to step into like um, career stuff, but I also want to uh, ask some more questions on thoughtful librarians. Um, Ian, did you pick the name? I'm curious, how did you guys actually come up with the name for this team? That, that was actually uh, a Janine thing. Um, uh, she had sort of drawn the, the metaphor as far as how folks, um, one of our teammates, Anjanique, she would talk about, well, you know, I'm actually very DIY when I run into trouble and, and if I want to solve something. And, and Quinn, uh, who's an uh, Air Force veteran, he also resonated with that, that sentiment as far as like, yeah, you know, I typically... For me, I, I try to solve it myself. So this idea of like, well, you know, people don't always want to be engaged with other people, but also having some references and maybe some guidance once in a while to digest the information or work together on, you know, what, what am I seeing here? Or, you know, can, can, we, can we check this out together? You know, look into what, what's, what's, what's a good vetted resource, for example. Um, and so Janine had, had made the, the analogy of, of, oh, it's like a, it's like being a librarian, you know, or, or like a library. And, and that, I, you know, I, I picked up on that. I was like, you know, that's actually a, that's a pretty good, uh, you know, that, that works. I, I like that. Um, but I couldn't figure out how we'd fit it in, in the Slack channel as, as a, as a name, because there's so many vowels and so, and, and, uh, you know, consonants. So we, we just chopped out all of the, all of the vowels and that was our, our team name from there. <laughs> But um, yeah, from there, I think on pitch day, we, we decided to go with librarians circle and this idea of creating a circle of, of your own social um, interests, you know, based on either connecting by common cause or, or personal relationship. Um, that was that was kind of the core to the MVP as well as what what um, what the real spirit of, of the app was 
kind of on trajectory for. Very cool. So, you know, a big part of hackathons is to gain experience and, you know, level up your, your skill set and collaborate with other folks and get your gear start turning. Um, so, um, uh, and ultimately try to find like, you know, um, like a good sort of um, company to work for maybe in the future. Um, this might be a, a, a tangent here, but Janine, do you have like uh, a dream company that you would like to work for? Did you have a dream company while you were in the military? Um, yeah. Well, my dream is still being made. Uh, to be in the position, it's still open. Uh, Google or Microsoft, and definitely I've seen a lot of Amazon opportunities. And that's like, hmm, how would I fit in there? Especially as being a veteran, I know that they're looking, and that's a benefit, even to the veteran spouses, anyone in that community as a whole, and of course, civilians as well. Uh, lessons learned, definitely, from this hackathon, def definitely boost my confidence level uh, to the next level. And it's definitely just, uh, again, having that dream, wanting to work, to have the opportunity be available and react on it. Again, being my first and with the group, it, I learned a lot of just remembering that we are all still people, <laughs> we're all still human. And just good to have the collaboration with the patients and finding out those certain skills that they have, how they did blend together that we were able to get the platform that's available again same with the app that we uh, have available that's still forming and that will push forward as the days come along because it took a lot of different team members come in and being very welcome feeling uh, of having a safe space to be in even to just again be that voice and just continue to grow and learn it's awesome yeah, I know some of these big tech companies have like a veteran's arm. Uh, when you mentioned Amazon, I recently read an article where they talked about hiring like 100,000 veterans by 2024. And, um, you know, I'm sure they're probably going to have like a similar goal after 2024 as well. So they're definitely making a big push to get more veterans to the door here. Um, Ian, do you have a, a dream company that you would like to work for? Um Maybe you're at one, or or if, um, curious what what the framework looks like for you when you when you try to come up with a dream company. Yeah, well, you know, I I sort of tackle. I, I'm sort of interested in in like the the ethos of the the work as well, and like you know, with this app, I feel like it'd be cool. Like uh, some of these issues are are not being covered by a lot of a lot of these companies. Um, they're they're sort of very specialized into, you know, ad revenue or other things. Um, so I'd, I'd be willing to venture and say, like, it'd be cool to just start a company around something like this. Right. Um, and a lot of that's, that's where I, I hope maybe in, in, as the trajectory of the hackathons progress, that people also walk away with, with a better template and sense of what it's like to, to really formulate um, their own enterprise and recognize that even a lot of the lessons learned within the course of just a few days, do encapsulate a lot of core, you know, um, thought processes and, and endeavors. Plus, you know, at least 
knowing that working with the veteran community where they've already got experience as veterans, right? Like they've, they've put in time through their service. And so there, there's actually a little bit there, there to, to be said. I think Bunker Labs, they like to cite that veteran entrepreneurship is kind of the highest uh, demographic of, of all um, demographics, at least post-World War II. Um, something like close to, I, I free, I'm not going to make up the statistic off the top of my head, but you can look it up because they, they like to tout that. But I think that's also essential in terms of recognizing how to find a little bit more resilience in, in the economy in terms of, you know, sometimes a tech company, they, they decide to lay off a lot of people and, you know, what do you do then, right? And part of it, I think, is also recognizing the network and the, the connections, relationships that you can cultivate uh, among you and, and how to put your best foot forward. Um, that's all relevant still. And, you know, you, you still, I'm not saying everyone needs to start their own company or should, but as far as the skills that are there and, and the thought process, uh, that's very transcendent to a lot of other endeavors, whether it's, it's applying for a job or um, even just innovating within a department, you know, if you're working for the government already or something like that, right? So to me, I, I think that's, that's, uh, that's both interesting, but also, you know, I'm, I'm, I kind of, oh, what I didn't maybe flesh out as much was say, saying like, you know, some of these the things that motivated this app, for example, was based on things that, you know, both Vital me and other people that I know really experience, right? And so if that's the case, you know, the, I'm, I'm willing to, to see like, how, how can we, how can we take this forward and, and make something of it that, that can help other people, including through employment, maybe. Very cool. That's an interest at least. So, you know, we're working on it. <laughs> Uh, totally. Um, yeah, I know the tech sort of sphere, there's, it's constantly, you know, iterating and moving forward. I'm not sure if you guys heard of like Dolly 2, where you could just like input some text and it'll generate an AI. This AI, Dolly 2, will generate an image based on the text. Um, you know, whatever, like cats flying to the moon and it'll generate a really cool um, sort of graphical image um so it just seems like it's it's constantly iterating it's starting to feel like magic um janine what do you think the tech world will look like in 10 years so 2032 um what's your hypothesis yes uh, awesome. that is an awesome question uh especially when you go in grocery stores now you don't see too many people that you would talk to you can have self-checkout even some stores you can just go and scan the items on your phone. And by the time you get out the door, they may just check to make sure everything is there. That's the only time you may be interaction with, with a person, a real person, not a robot or machine. Uh, and again, even how we're meeting through the days that we're surviving forward, it's need to connect. Uh, that will be the same thing too, of making sure that we can connect uh, voice-wise, video-wise, uh, and still be miles apart. It's, it's those different things come to mind. It's, it's that question you're asking. Uh, still, it's a big question mark as well. But what I see definitely is a lot of technology things that we would do in person are definitely going to be almost obsolete. Although, they won't totally go away because it's a cycle that we go through, I believe. Very interesting. 
Um, Ian, do you have a take on this? Yeah, I, I feel like it. Um, when you say, you know, what what do you think the tech world will look like in 2032? I would say it's going to be, you know, how how will tech help us be in the world in 2032? Uh, right now, like for example, we we all had to kind of sit down, plug in headphones, and you know, look stare into a a, a a camera, right, and 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 talk for this. But like, uh, I was talking with Vital about like how he was thinking about how VR could frame empathy for, you know, imagining what it's like to be an immigrant in New York, for example, just by following one person going through the streets, right? Imagine if we were just walking in different parts of the world, like we are right now, but we, we can talk at the same time without having to be anchored to all of this equipment, right? Which in some ways, you know, obviously cell phones and people are, oh yeah, that's great, you know, you can do this and it's wireless or whatever. But I think there is something to be said about um, what are ways that we can really push things back into connecting better with each other in the real world too. Like right now, I feel like we're in a phase where things have kind of polarized a lot into, you know, you have to check in through, through Microsoft teams, or you have to, uh, you know, you have to be clear about the distinction between the social media world versus kind of real life and, and touch grass once in a while. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that, that I was, again, I'm, I'm going to toot, toot the horn about this, this app idea is that like, you know, we, this idea of like, how can you push people back into the real world and just have a more enriched experience by being in the world, but also, you know, can you make data collection like personally effortless, but, but safe and things like that and that you can learn from or do something with, right? Or can it be more intuitive to program even if, um, you know, folks aren't, aren't thinking in terms of specific languages, right? That it's just, oh, you know, I can kind of facilitate and the AI can help, help me build the things that I'm thinking of even if I don't have that kind of experience with with the, the hard hard coding skills um, so that's what I imagine and obviously like I think the other maybe not obvious but you know there, there are a lot of problems right now you know this like part of part of our app was born from a problem right but I think uh, incentive you know like Bitcoin was interesting in that they, it started to become a, a generative currency in the sense of, like people participate by mining or whatever and they solve something and so they can get something out of it but I think in the tech world in the future like there are too many issues that we got to solve as far as climate change and all of these other things, right? And I think some sort of incentivization for solving those those real issues and creating real value around it, um, tying it to like improving your communities or something, that's going to be a huge a huge thing that comes together as people learn how to literally just figure out how to get along. You know, um, but it's that it's that human side, right? Like right now, we're still in this phase where the tech constant. I mean always like technology can outstrip the, the, the ethics or the uh, humanity behind it. You know, it's just, you build something, you don't know how it's going to change the world around you. Right. But at the same time, I think that we're at this kind of tiptoeing into a, a sort of golden age where people are like, oh, okay, we kind of know better because some, some of these things aren't looking so good right now, you know? So I, I'm hoping, um, or I'm going to say I'm, I'm optimistic that there's, there's going to be a lot more of that where it's, you know, I'm, maybe people use that cliche of like tech for good, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit more grounded in, in like, how, how does it really mend our lives and, uh, work more seamlessly in that way. Very interesting. Um, Janine, what's one piece of advice you'd give to veterans starting out in tech? Believe in yourself. Once you get those skills, we go through motions so much that sometimes we forget or we're like in a picture frame. I use that analogy at times too. It's like you go through that picture 
that motion in the picture frame and you don't really acknowledge what you do, but you do it. We've all been like on uh, autopilot, so to speak. And then we get a chance to go pause. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that skill will work here or work there. And it's just that confidence and just knowing uh, the resources can be overwhelming, but always be ready to receive help. That's the hardest thing uh, that I would speak for the veteran who probably don't know how to put that into particular words. Help is there. <laughs> yeah, if I could build on. Yeah, go ahead, please. I mean, you know, as, as someone who's been like my, my co-founder was a veteran as well. And I've been, I worked for a construction company that was also veteran owned. And uh, I think like that translation piece is something that, that can be really huge, right? Where it's like often, and, and that's where I even mentioned earlier, right? Like veterans already have experience and, and people know that, right? Like you already, you've been through, you've done a lot, went through all these trainings and certifications. Um, but really finding out like how, how does, you know, that, that there, it's not that different um, in, in the sense that like some of those skills can be used elsewhere, right? And uh, I think that's, there, there's a lot that needs to be done in the civilian side as far as helping to integrate, you know, their, their returning citizens as well, right? But um, uh, at the same time, don't, um, yeah, I guess I would just encourage folks to, to, to look out for, for what does that look like? You know, what's, what's the equivalent and how do you, how do you translate into that outside world parlance? Cool. Um, do you guys have any productivity hacks? Um, I know there's so many tools out there. One of my favorites is copy.ai. <laughs> you, you, you know, put in some like some general text and it'll generate like an entire blog for you if you wanted. <laughs> uh, it's pretty crazy and saves me a ton of time. Um, but another one is like llama life, which is really cool. It kind of um, works as like the Pomodoro technique, which Barbara Oakley talked about. Um, but llama life, you can like add uh, different um sort of tasks in your to-do list and block out time for those tasks. And you can see how it all builds up, like how, like the length of your day, what that work day looks like with all your tasks. Um, so you could be like, Oh, I'm working like, I'm working only like three hours a day or, or like, Oh wow, I have a busy day. I've got a 10 hour day with all these tasks that I need to fill out or accomplish. Um, but yeah, Janine, do you have a favorite uh, productivity hack? Not quite yet. I'm still learning. Because even with the project that we're working on that I got tested, we use WordPress. And I was like, where did that come from? That was actually kind of awesome. Uh, uh, coding for me, I can do that more than I can even talk about. My fingers just go that muscle memory. And then I can have a mile long program made. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. So you have to debug it and find out how long I've used uh, in part of some of the programs, uh, learning a reactive formic and another part of adding it's called lazy. You would start adding some uh, JavaScript in and it'll fill in again, some of the areas, like you said, if you want to do a blog, it'll have that format in there that will save you maybe 10 or 15 minute <laughs> particular code in, but I don't quite have a favorite just yet. I'm still learning and 
again, it was just amazing to learn even WordPress. Like, what? That was just, it's really awesome. Really awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, WordPress is awesome. One of my favorites is Webflow. And um, I find it, it's a lot easier to work with versus um, WordPress. Um, their tutorials are hilarious. It's definitely worth checking out. Uh, but Ian, do you, do you have a favorite pr productivity hack? Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of this is kind of mental and organizational. Um, I mean, I, I use Google Docs for a lot of things. And the idea here is like, even if I'm entering something new, I'll try to take note of something I found useful and then aggregate it somewhere so that coming into new situations, I have a toolkit. Um, so at least from a project management standpoint, I've got like a spreadsheet that, that can kind of track tasks and stuff, even if we're not using a common Trello or Asana or other, you know, PM Basecamp type um, software. And then also when it comes to like an advantage that came up with this hackathon, partly from being in other teams and seeing how the technologies work, even though I wasn't necessarily one coding with them, was to collect repertoire. And I, I keep calling, I mentioned that with, with like Brian, I got to see how he identified certain plugins, APIs, Svelte, all of these things and, you know, how we used use them in, in a specific context. Being able to pass that on to my teammates, I think that that helped significantly enough to help close the gap on what some of our options were, or at least recognize where we were at in terms of our skill level. This team was really diverse. We had folks who were everywhere from like professional developers working for groups like Frame or like major news companies to folks who just just got out of boot camp or might still be in in a boot camp for coding. And then there was me, you know, where I, I haven't really done any coding in a long time other than maybe the occasional tweak to a website. So having that information and then throwing it all in a Google Doc early on, that was that was something that um, at least from some of the communication I got back from the teammates, that, that was helpful. Uh, and also it helped me keep track of what's going on too. It's just a map, right? Like you're mapping out your tools. Um, the other hack, I think you would ask me, like, how, how do you stay up, you know, at, at night or whatever? And, you know, it's a it's a mental trick. It's actually, I guess, you know, the, the equivalent is like when I've decided I'd, I'd go running um, first thing in the morning and I, I wasn't sure how, how much I could do. You know, you, you set like a certain goal. This is probably kind of like a tiny habits. This guy named BJ Fogg, he probably would use something like that technique. But um you know, I, I would be like, okay, I'll just set a timer for like seven minutes, you know. So it's a really small kind of easy goal where it's like, I'm just going to go somewhere for seven minutes, see see how long I, I can go. And then, you know, maybe if I feel like it, I'll keep going. Or if, if I'm done with that seven minutes, I'll just turn around and either walk back or run back. Um, but it, it's such a low bar that it's not, it doesn't feel like you're putting 15, 30, 45 minutes, an hour or more into the task. So you know, in during the hackathon, it might have been like, okay, I just need to like <laughs> download this one application so that I can I can be functional. But you know, then I'm like, oh, actually, I still have the, the next tasks tasks where I still had you know the, the goal of designing or, or working on some of the other features. But uh, it's kind of just making it so stupid easy, you know, that it's manageable. And at the same time, you keep kind of the the north star in place in terms of like what is it that we're really trying to do and and. Um, I guess the last piece of advice is as far as keeping concise with with your objectives, which you'll even see probably in, in the in the footage of the judgment where, you know, the, the judges were like, that kind of went against us because I was kind of speaking on, on two terms of what the app could do versus committing to just one. Um, but like the process of checking in with the team earlier would have probably helped had I not been driving so much to, to ideate and really get get a feel for like, um, you know, what, what's the essence of what we do have 
you know, in terms of, we did establish the skill sets pretty early on, but when it comes to recognizing, um, you know, what is it that, that we've actually made? What is it that we can actually do? Even in the, in the minutes leading up to our, our pitch, um, we were double checking to kind of get a, get a set, get an assessment of like, what is it, what's the real status of our app? What's, what's the, what are the, what's the ingredients that have cooked by now, you know, and, and from there being able to separate between that versus kind of our trajectory, it made pitching the future opportunities a lot easier because we had that sense of this is how much we've done for sure that we can lean on and be proud of that, that it's like, as long as it does one simple thing, you know, and, and it worked, that's pretty cool. You still built something that works and, and that you know what you're, you're doing there and you know what you don't know. And, and that can go so far in terms of helping other people understand what, what your next step is or you figuring out what you want to do next. Very cool. I'm just going to chime in on that too. Yeah, what absolutely. You said everything because the communication is key. Uh, communication on different levels, but in, in, in our case, it definitely was uh, using the different platforms. As you said, we used the Google Meet. We used um, the, the Slack channel that we had. It was just making sure we made those connections in that also, I agree with Ian in saying how uh, to have it more mainstream, to have a focal point. But you have the focal point, then it'll spread back out. That's how we ended up saying how we had the different resources, just connecting those particular areas that will come about when it does. Because we don't know what the person needs. Each person has something unique to bring to the table. So that was that was really key and a good learning lesson that I can speak. And I would actually tag for some other teammates that are not here as well, because it's yeah. just getting the verbiage in to, to get that to the next point or understood, or even just how to put it in place to speak of. The communication was very huge and it worked to not benefit as well. I'll speak for those two that were not here. It worked. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other podcasts uh, that you guys would recommend to the Fallen Veterans uh, audience? Hmm. It depends. I'm, I'm sort of like a grazer. I, I sort of, I find something that's sort of interesting and then I, I listen to like part of an episode or, or whatever else. Um, I'll have to get back to you. Maybe I can send you a list and, you know, I'll keep thinking in the meantime, but uh, stuff that was useful in this case, typically what, what I wind up doing is I, I gravitate towards people who are either personalities or authors, whether they're like YouTube personalities or, or authors that, that are already interesting, you know, or I hear them on the radio anyhow, and they have like a radio show, which then gets legal as a podcast, right? Um, when it comes to work-related stuff or um, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, but like, I know I've listened to like, as far as like veterans, one of my favorite books is called Turn the Ship Around. It was by David Marquet. And he, um, he talks about uh, sort of de-hierarchizing <laughs> leadership. Uh, he was a submarine captain for the USS Santa Fe. Um, and the way that the leadership structure had functioned was, was not really serving the needs as far as like being in touch with folks that were, um, you know, like in, enlisted or so, but they had very critical information that he didn't have in terms of like, even like what the submarine was capable of. And so that really pushed him to rethink the way that he was doing leadership and management. Um, so I've, I've listened to a few of his his recorded uh, uh, episodes or podcast appearances. Um, another was, I think, um, like 
is a couple. I think Tom Tom Bilyeu, uh Impact Theory, I think, as well as uh, his his wife or partner, uh, I forget her name. Women of Impact. Um, those those are interesting because you you hear a lot of like the other ingredients too in terms of like what was going on in your life that led you to this, and also like how did you hack through your situation and and what are you know I call wisdom like a reliable truth, right? Like you you kind of get a lot of those 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 gems of wisdom in there. So I guess I do have a couple podcasts that I, I can recommend. That. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Cool. Um, as we're closing uh, down here, um, do you guys have a favorite vet organization? Um, and what makes it your favorite? I know you mentioned Bunker Labs. Ian, is that like top three for you? Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to it's it it, it has a place, right? Um, I'm I'm not sure if. Uh, the, <laughs> I, I, I want to, it depends on what you're ready to, to work with and how to, how to use the opportunity. There, there was the way the, our experience at least was like, there are a lot of people working through existential challenges, you know, like even when I said, like, I came in on a picturesque moment with meeting Vital, that's, that's acknowledging that like outside of this hackathon, he has a life and he's still dealing with, you know, issues with, with probably, you know, whatever it is with the VA and, and like all these other things, right. Like, and also like, uh, PTSD from combat and stuff. Right. So like with bunker labs, their, their program at the time, it was, you know, there, there's kind of some structure, but it also kind of left a lot to whoever's in the room. And, and as far as like working together, um, definitely I can say that I'm grateful for, for the veterans that I met and, and those who are still in touch as friends today. Cause otherwise, you know, I, I wouldn't have been here. Right. Um, that was literally how I wound up, uh, coming in and supporting other folks through, through that. But, um, you know, the, I guess I can offer a philosophy as far as like, you know, being able to look for where the benefits are and, and what their strengths are, but also recognizing the limitations of a lot of these organizations where at the end of the day, often um, they, you know, they're, they're limited to certain capacities of what their leadership and funding and, and resources can do. So I haven't really engaged enough with the rest of the, the, the veteran uh, service organizations and ecosystem to say I, I can pick a favorite and that I'd recommend it for everyone, but that's, that's the one that, that was my experience with, with Bumper Labs. Oh, wait, Fall In. Fall In's a pretty good one so far. I, I think we've been, <laughs> we've been having that. that. <laughs> Come on, you know, like just say at least this one. Yeah. But that's how I learned as well. I don't have a favorite just yet, but I show up and give a plug to Fall In. <laughs> yeah, you've you yeah. been pretty good there. It's, for me, the it's audience should know that we're, we're not paying you guys to say this. But it's the truth. I found out even through the Veteran Technology Program, even going back, that comes from the VA itself. I mean, everyone has their... Uh, ways of describing how they like and dislike. The VA still has a lot of growth, as we know, is how we end up coming up with our app <laughs> in the making to make sure those connections get made. Uh, I know I've had some, as I was seeking, getting my own benefits still in order, they have podcasts that come every week or so, and they have a different list of actual uh, meetings that you can also listen into. So I don't have a particular one yet, but I know for veterans listening to this, who get the email or text or even from a friend, um, just recommend. But definitely here right now, I can just say thank you, Jamil, for the time being spent and just being a voice, not just uh, for myself, but being for the other, those quiet ones who don't know how aware or, oh, 
give an idea to another veteran to say, hey, we're out here. We're all here together. You're not alone. And again, those hidden wounds and scars, they're there. People have those, we got them tattoos in places. <laughs> they all have a meaning. And so just remember, we can still charge on one, one day at a time is what we do. And just keep living. Yeah, to build on, on I guess, positive is like, I, I think one thing that I look out for in a lot of organizations that I find, I've, I've done a lot of other work that's kind of maybe social oriented, or social, or whatever, it's social work oriented or whatever else is like, who who's willing to go into the cracks and and still reach out or do something, right? And and literally the thing that, that brought me to the first Fallen Hackathon, uh, Andrew German, he was saying, I was asking, well, dude, I you know that I, I barely code or anything anymore. And uh, why, why should I go into maybe a, a tech bro environment or whatever, you know? And he's like, well, you know, the, the first day I'm, I'm just chilling in, in this VR thing. And then this dude named Jamil, who's the founder is, is like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, and starts a conversation with me and I'm chatting with them. Um, but then also, you know, like the, you're willing to kind of push out whatever resources you find interesting and, and, you know, try to create opportunities for other people and, and bring people in, um, which is, unique, right? Like I've, I've spoken with uh, Senator Dave Kniza, he was U.S. Marine Corps, uh, but he was also at, at uh, he was an alumni from my university. And he was recounting this time where like the VA versus like his, his legislative aides, his legislative aides were more effective at handling veteran needs than, than the VA sometimes because the veterans were coming to them since they had trouble with the VA. And, and the, the thing that really like stuck in my head at the time was like, why, why is like someone who's like, maybe at best like a political science intern, uh, you know, college student still interning, you know, in, in the Senator's office, why are they more effective than someone who's got like social work training at the VA? And I realized that, yeah, a lot of these organizations, what to look out for is that people are kind of stuck to, you know, adhering to the T of what they're supposed to offer. But if it goes beyond that scope, sometimes like, I'm sorry, I can't really do that. Or they, you know, they send you through some other thing that they assume is going to handle it, but no one's really looking at where those cracks are. Like I said, whereas like the intern, they, it's kind of a, by any means necessary approach to like, okay, you know, well, we've got to make sure this person's not getting evicted or whatever else. So, um, you know, I, I try to look for a little bit of that spirit, you know, if, the, if there's still some humanity and it's a little messy to it, but the, you know, that they're, they're trying, um, as long as you have a good sense of the boundaries and what they can do, what they can't do, you know, I, I, th I think that that's a pretty good guideline for most organizations I've, I've seen. Very cool. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming in and attending our hackathons. I appreciate it so much and um, hope to see you guys in our future events. We're always trying to make them interesting with, you know, guest speakers and workshops. Um, but yeah, feel free to pass the word. And uh, thank you guys again. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, Jamil. It's great. Yeah, uh, I'm going to also make a shout out to us teammates too. Uh, there's we had uh, Patrick Merrillis who came in literally at the twelfth hour, um, and then we had Quinn uh, Quinn Madsen who who did a lot of the work on the WordPress end, and also Angelique. Um, I, I'm sorry, I forget her last name right now. Angelique. Uh, let me go check my. It's Mackie. Mackie. Um, <laughs> So they, they were all they were all key players to this. Uh, it's not just us. It's just we happen to be the most, uh, you know, we're in front of the camera right now. That diverse. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. We'll see you online. All right. Thanks a lot. <laughs>